The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to this edition of the Source of Truth podcast and our live stream devotional. And we are so glad you're with us this morning. And we hope that we can just, as we take time in God's word today, that this can be a help. Uh, This can be an inspiration and just an encouragement in your walk with God. We're going to be continuing in Psalm chapter 33. We're actually going to finish the chapter, uh, chapter 33 today. And I tell you, it's been an encouragement to me. And as I've been evaluating this and studying this, I'm telling you, it's been a help. Uh, It's amazing how timely certain passages can be. And I hope this is true for you as well. And actually, it fits in. I was listening to a preacher just a couple days ago, listening to a message, and just some very, very practical truths that he brought out were helpful to me and really kind of fit in a bit to what we're going to look at today. And uh, so I'm going to read the passage that we're going to deal with this morning. And then from there, we will go ahead and break down and kind of unpack it a little bit. Let's go to Psalm chapter 33, verse number 17. I'm sorry, verse number 18. Psalm 33, verse 18. The Bible says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us, according as we hope in thee. I think each and every one of us would uh, agree that waiting is not something that we do well at. We live especially in the Northeast, in this area right outside Philadelphia. To be honest with you, you think we'd be better at it because we're always in traffic or lines or things of that nature. Uh, but the more we find ourselves in high, heavier traffic or longer lines, the less we like to wait. We're always looking for creative ways. I, I'm, I'm an example of this. Pulled into Chick-fil-A the other day. And the line was actually, the down by the Chamonix Mall, it was wrapping out down almost to Rock Hill, well, actually to the road, the Horizon Boulevard. And I thought, man, I just don't want to wait and drive through this long. So I, uh, while sitting in drive through, pulled out the mobile app and ordered my food to, the, food to the mobile app and then drove around, sat in the parking lot. At least there I could do work or something while I waited. And the, and the food came out just about four or five minutes later. And uh, we're always looking for ways to speed up. You know, when uh, I get caught in traffic, the first thing we do is pull out the GPS. Is there a way around this? Can I, can I state that that same type of thinking can be seen in our Christian, on our walk with God, can be seen in our Christian journey, can be seen this relationship where uh, we're praying for God to do something, we're expecting God to do something. Dare I say we need God to do something. And in the midst of that, it's easy for us as we pray, as we fast, as we beg, that it just feels like God's not moving fast enough. I, I hate to say that as Christians, humans, uh, we often probably think that God's just not moving fast enough. Uh, one thing I have had to learn, and, it, and it's easy to say this theoretically in a teaching setting or in church, uh, when you say it amongst friends, but uh, God always moves at the perfect pace. Uh, The problem is it's just rarely the pace that I want him to move at because there's so many things I don't know. And that's the biggest battle in this walk is there's things I don't know. And because I don't know, I don't know why God's taking his time. I don't know how he's working everything out on the other end where I need to work. 
And this is what we're going to look at today, where David finishes this thought, this chapter, this psalm, in the idea of learning for us to trust and wait on God. Now, we're going to look at this idea of waiting on God very, very differently than we see today. Waiting is something that is, it's, it's easily frustrating, but this waiting we're going to look at today has got some guarantees to it. So let's go ahead and start down in verse number 18. And first of all, we talk about um, the, the, the love and the, the love, desire, and attention that God gives to his people. And he starts in verse 18. He says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. First of all, we'll look at what he talks about, the eye of the Lord is upon them. You know, um, as we are parents, one of the things that we strive to do, if you've got a parent or someone you love, you, you watch. There's something about a watchful eye to make sure they're okay. Uh, this morning, I dropped my son off for his last kind of official day of school. They have a picnic tomorrow on awards day, but last official day of school and drop him off at the campus. And so, but where I, where I drop him off, he's got to go across the street. And so, you know, I sit, I'm not leaving. I'm going to watch with a watchful eye to make sure that he gets all the way in that building. And that way, I am, I'm pretty sure, I'm guaranteed, at least from what I can see, he is safe and, and around the people that we trust him with. And that's the way it always should be. You know, when you drop someone off at their house, you wait till they enter. There's a watchful eye and making sure that as far as you can see, they're okay. Uh, you know, we hand them off to people we trust. There's that watchful eye. And what it is, is, you know, when we look at the eye, the things we pay attention, the things we watch, these are the things that we care about. These are the things that we love. And so we look at God where he says the eyes of the Lord are upon them. I mean, he, he's not, he, he shows interest. When we, when we watch, there's an interest, there's a desire, there's a love, there's a care, there's a concern for the things that have our attention, for the things that have our importance, the things that are priority to us. Our eyes are on them. We watch them. We take care of them. And God is saying his eyes are upon them. Now, interestingly enough, I think there, there's a qualification in this verse that's very, very important in our culture today to understand. He said, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. And I would state there are two, two practical applications. It's number one, this is dealing, first of all, with Christians. And I don't mean necessarily just anybody who claims this term Christian. I, I guess the better term that I heard someone say the other day, since Christian is such a generic term today, that I would say that the, uh, this deals more with disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus, those who have placed their faith in Jesus. It's more than, more than being religious or being in church. There's been a time in your life when you have acknowledged your need as a sinner, you've acknowledged your need for God, and you have placed your faith in Jesus and called upon him for salvation. This is part of those people who've done that. A lot of people claim to know God. And this can become frustrating, to be honest. We know God, and we've been around religious people around this, but it just feels like what we're talking about doesn't seem to work in our lives because it goes beyond. We must have that personal relationship with God. We must have accepted him and called upon him for salvation. That is, it's a necessity. So number one, it's upon those who are part of his family who called upon him. But dare I say also, as Christians, we can live a life where we're not fearing him and hoping in his mercy. Where God, where the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will never change. We move away. We move away from God. That's why in James, uh, James told the people, uh, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. His response in walking to me always reciprocates after I move to him. He's given me a free will. He doesn't move. I must come to him. 
because he hasn't moved and he's always in the right place and it's my job to come to him. So understand the idea of fear, it's not, it's not a fearful as much as it is reverence and realization of all he can do and he has power over the situations and this is necessary for us to understand the confidence and hope that we'll see in a little bit. So again, we must have him as our savior. We must be walking with him in reverence and fear and letting him guide us. So he, 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 I love this. He delivers our soul from death. He's in control of all these circumstances that come. And I love this, to keep them alive in famine. A famine was not an abnormal thing. They were from the Middle East and you'd get a drought, which means you'd run out of food. Uh, we've not necessarily experienced that in our scenario, but that was a very big deal. A lot of death, a lot of struggle, catastrophe that came with that. And yet we see even in the midst of one of the most uh, one of the hardest times those people would go through, he says, just like Elijah, where God had a widow ready to give them the oil and give them the food and take care of them, even in those times, God is prepared. You know, that means in the times that we don't, it doesn't make sense, it seems everything's falling apart, God's prepared. So I go back and I trust in him and I go back and I live in fear of him and, and it's trust in his mercy. I walk with him and I, I, I confidently walk. But then, you know, we go beyond confidently walking in him and we do something that becomes complicated. It says in verse 20, our soul waiteth for the Lord, for he is our help and our shield. This is where, this is where it becomes complicated because now we're asked to wait. You know, uh, differently than you wait in a line or differently than you wait in traffic, this is different because this waiting, this word waiting, really gives the idea of a confident anticipation. It, why? Because we, the God we just talked about, he's in control. The God we know, he's sovereign. He's, he's never changing. He's almighty. And so, and, and he's working. He's got a plan. He's got a plan. He's, he's working something in your life right now. And really what we see is we see the difference as what maturity brings. You know, in our Christian journey, one of the things that I think we constantly beg God for is to alleviate and eliminate the battles we find ourselves in. Lord, get this problem out of my way. Get this out. But unfortunately, I think what we miss is that might be the exact thing that God is using to mature us. That thing that we want to get rid of is what God wants to use to equip us, to strengthen us, to guide us. And often in our immaturity, we're trying to move the thing that God is using to strengthen us. And what we need to do is trust him and say, if he's allowed it, I'm going to embrace it. I don't like it, but I'm going to embrace what he's teaching me through it. And that's part of the waiting process. You see, God's not going to move us to the next stage until we've learned what we need to learn now. And I'm afraid too many of us find ourselves stuck in the same place year after year after year, maybe decade after decade, because we're so convinced we need to get rid of the problem in front of us that we haven't grown through the trial, grown through the lesson in front of us. We've not trusted God enough that he's got a plan. And we have to do that, so we wait. We wait patiently, which means we embrace the circumstance, the season of life we find ourselves in, and we trust with anticipation that as I grow through this, he's getting me ready for what is coming next. Because he says he's our help and our shield, so he's our help through this and the shield through the battles, through the tar dark times, the things we don't see coming. We wait on him because that is the place of confident strength and guarantee. And then in verse 21, he says, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. We can, we can wait on him because we trust in his holy name. You know, if we honestly trust in him, if we've placed our faith in Jesus and we rest in Jesus, we find his place of strength, we live in fear and awe and reverence and, and trust in his mercy, and then we wait for him. Can you imagine what it would mean to the name of Jesus if he did not fulfill his promises? 
if he did not work miraculously in your life, if he did not do something that actually shows his power. So frankly, you look at scripture, you see his promises, you see his guarantee, you see him saying, walk with me and I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. I, 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 I will protect you. And, and if we're truly, first of all, again, you've got to go back to that first part where we're living in fear and mercy. We're walking with him. We're in obedience to him. We're right with him. Those things are necessary. We're in his family. All of that's necessary. But if we're in his family, right with him, waiting confidently with anticipation for what he's going to do, it would absolutely destroy his testimony if he did not fulfill his promise, which means he can't. His holy name makes it impossible for him to not fulfill his promise, which means he will. So I wait. I wait with anticipation. I wait with a guarantee, a guarantee that I cannot find in any other human relationship but in the relationship with God. So let me conclude with this. Have you placed your faith in Jesus? And I, again, I don't mean, had you go to church, did you grow up religious? Has there been a time in your life when you have acknowledged you're a sinner, that he is God, and you've placed your faith in him, repented of your sin, confessed your sin to him, and accepted his gift of salvation and put your trust in him? Has there been a time when you've become a disciple of Jesus? And then second two, are we living and walking in obedience to him? Are we walking in faith? Are we walking in fear and trusting in him? Shall we say in the midst of where we are, are we waiting confidently because we're, we're anticipating or are there things in our life that he's trying to change and we're just fighting that? Give it to him, trust in him and wait and see what he will do. That's when we can wait with great anticipation. Thanks so much for joining us this morning and uh, giving me the opportunity to be part of your day. We hope it's a help and encouragement. I hope that as we look at the Word of God, we constantly remind that it is His Word to us. We look forward to uh, finishing out the week. we got two more days this week. Again, if you can't catch us live at 11, catch one of these on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, later in the week, you can also watch us on our website, bensidlandbaptist.org, or listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or Amazon, and you can listen to the audio version of this podcast as well. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time.